0: Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.
1: With Harvey Norman, celebrating 18 years in Ireland with their 18th birthday sale. Big birthday savings across their massive range of appliances, technology, furniture and bedding. The National Development Plan, as you know, was published last week and Limerick Green TD, Brian Letton, confirmed to us the M20 motorway project is unlikely to go ahead as a full motorway, suggesting it may be some form of hybrid um, and the remaining phase of the Northern Distributor Road wasn't in the National Development Plan, so he doesn't see that moving any farther either. However, Fine Gael deputies... Of the same coalition, Kieran O'Donnell and Minister Patrick O'Donovan disagreed. Here's a reminder of what Minister O'Donovan said to us.
0: And an awful lot of people from my constituency, from the eastern part of it and indeed from the western part of it, are queued up on the motorway outside in Castletray every day to try and go into work in a very dangerous and precarious position. Now, is that going to be allowed to get worse? Are we going to have a situation where Limerick continues to develop? Um, and 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 the, the population continues to grow. We continue to get inward investment. Our indigenous industry continues to grow. The city continues to choke. The university continues to grow. The, the new university continues to grow. And we live in 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 this kind of a um, a, a parallel universe that a road can uh, be developed and in inside in the middle of a field, a road to nowhere, and terminate in the middle of nowhere. That isn't sustainable. The road has to terminate somewhere.
1: And it has to terminate as, a, as, a, as, a, as an yeah. existing road. But, but I suppose the point being that the Minister for Transport, Eamon Ryan of the Green Party and Brian Ledden, the local TD here in Limerick, they are very much saying that the answer to all of this is for example, the commuter rail, the light rail project that is outlined and that Brian Ledden uh, made great store of on this show and that if you do that, then you don't have to worry as much about big road projects
0: and that's, then that forms part of it, but how does a person from Mónigá or Strand or Úle or doom, or Kilbeheni or Fine access that rail and where do they access it? They access it via a car the reality is we're going to have to continue to invest in our roads. We will continue to require cars, and we will continue to require a lot of them. Our population is growing. We have 5 million people in the state. There's over 7 million people on the island. We continue, thanks be to God, to have a high birth rate. There's continuing to people to come back. We have a burgeoning economy. We can finally sustain people to live in this island. It is an attractive place to live. We don't require people to get on a boat to go to America. It is a nice place to live. We can actually look after our people once and for all in this country. We don't need the the, the, the pressure relief valve of immigration. Limerick is going to grow, and it is going to have a big population. I'm just after finishing a submission to the county development plan there recently, where you know I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more housing being built in, in in rural Ireland, and we're going to require more and more people uh, from a teaching perspective. We're going to require more schools. We're going to require more houses in in, in the rural areas. That is a good okay.
1: thing. That's the Minister of State and Fine TG here in Limerick, Patrick O'Donovan. Now, John Moran is from Livable Limerick, among, among other things, and he is on the line right now. Morning to John. Good morning, Joe. How are you? So what's your reaction to what the Minister said there?
2: Well, I think it's becoming obvious that we have two different visions for Limerick at the moment um, that are competing with each other, and... I suppose it's really important that we have and continue the conversation to decide which one we want, because I don't think we can can continue like that. I mean, it's brilliant to hear the minister who shares, I suppose, the same optimism I have about Limerick and the fact that it will grow and that that many more people will call Limerick home in the future, and we need to make sure we have a better Limerick for the people that live here. But we've just listened to conversations. I suppose it's, it's important on budget day, right? we we'll have just listened to conversations about the health system and everything else. And and I suppose nobody better than a Fine Gael minister would understand that money doesn't grow on trees and we need to make choices and make them smartly. And I suppose what I saw in the NDP when I saw it was, as somebody who has known Limerick for now five decades and kept wanting Limerick to become this modern city and a successful city, is I finally saw a government in Dublin agree to invest in sustainable living in Limerick and, and, and see a way in which we can have a, a whole new way of having the growth that Patrick is talking about, but doing so in a way that doesn't lead to the type of problems that we see in Galway, for example, which has grown more significantly than Limerick in the last couple of decades. I mean, there we see it. I mean, the, there's a concept, that you may recall, I think we talked about it before, the concept of induced demand which is is scientifically shown that the more roads you build it alleviates traffic for a little bit and essentially the more traffic you end up having and 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 for me what's happened is that if we seize the opportunity we can reimagine the way Limerick operates and that's not just the city i mean it means that people in a day or actually some of the people Patrick talked about we, we'll of course, get into their car in the, in the morning when they, when they get into to, to go to work or to do go shopping. But they might just drive to the local train station and actually continue the rest of their journey then. That well, I mean, and that's example, a
1: very we, we had a listener in the last hour who was pointing out that the light rail plan, and he generally welcomed it, doesn't facilitate the massive area of Castle Troy.
2: Yeah, and so this is what I mean by two different plans, right? So, so Limerick, in a sense, has built itself since Robert Lee, I've known it in the, in, the, in the 70s and 80s, very much on a backbone of a road infrastructure. At a time frankly, 30, 40, 50 years ago, when everybody believed that that was the way forward, in, in especially cities that developed in the UK and Ireland and in America, which were very much driven by cars, right? Um, On the other hand, cities that were, I was going to say older, but actually in many ways Limerick is as old as the rest of them, but older European cities decided to use a different backbone as the way of actually accommodating people. And many of those cities are the ones at the top of the list of livable cities, good places to live, they can manage housing, booms and busts much better. And what has happened in Limerick is that some areas like Castle Troy um, in effect, Mungres and, and, and the development out there, have been developed on the assumption that they get serviced by roads and not that they are actually positioned close. To, you could have put UL in Patrick's Well uh, or in Adair and it would have been on a train station, but they chose Castle Troy. And because we put it in Castle Troy, then inevitably that whole area of Mungres, Castle Troy and Akahi developed around that system. What we have to do, I think, now in Limerick, as I said, is have this conversation. How do we continue to supply solutions to areas that were actually built with this old technology, if I can use it that, and yet at the same time accommodate all the growth that Patrick is talking about and that others are talking about coming to Limerick using a much more um, modern way of, of living? See,
1: the thing is, I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, May well be in what I would describe as the middle ground of this debate. They may see merit in both sides of this argument. However, for 30 years or more, we have heard about light rail in Limerick and for Limerick, and people have explained that there is infrastructure there and it could be redeveloped. And most people, you know, without being cynical about it, believe it's still pie in the sky that they may never see anything like this. It could be decades away. And what are we going to do in the meantime?
2: No, no, I, I, I totally understand that, which is why I think it's really important that uh, we now have, you know, statements from Irish Rail and a conversation about how does life look like if you have railway? But, but look what's happened, you know, Joe, in the last week, right? Almost all of our politicians, our local politicians, have lined up on the side of not wanting the, the rail project And wanting the Northern Distributor, okay.
1: So, not surprisingly, but to be fair, now most of them say they actually want both. Well, of
2: course they do, because I mean we're in a world where we think. I mean, look, it's Budget Day today. Look at how many people will want different things in the budget. But somebody has to make choices, and I do hope that Pascal and and Michael McGrath don't lose the run of themselves in election politics and actually give out too much because we are still borrowing billions. But but I suppose the
1: the the core problem, John Moran, is that you know. If a decision needs to be made, let's be honest, it needed to have been made three or four years ago. It certainly needs to be made now. There's no prospect of the decision being made. Why? Because we have a coalition where you have various parties and representatives tugging in different directions. So it means we're at least three, four years before someone makes a call on it and no one might ever make a call on it.
2: Well, I'm probably more optimistic about that, right? So I think the first thing is that the call has been met. I mean, so essentially people in Limerick might think that if they continue shouting about the Northern Distributor Road that we want it, that they can change minds. And maybe they can. But for me, the Northern Distributor Road is a project that Limerick will eventually need when it is much bigger, but that it doesn't need in the short term. On the other hand, because we have a state agency, Irish Rail, which already has funding and can be now tasked with the job of delivering the rail, and the, CIE, sorry, the, the, the CEO of Irish Rail is very supportive of this project, there is the possibility straight away of identifying where those stations are going to be. That means that people can start adjusting their own decisions around that so that if they know a train station is going to be located and serviced, in Patrick's Well, in Adair, or indeed in Corbally or wherever, they can decide that I would prefer to live my life in a way that is, in effect, using that train system. Now, that doesn't mean that other people will not decide to to continue with a car-based lifestyle. The important thing is that once you identify the train stations, on some of those lines, we already have trains running. You know, on the train line to Ennis, on the train line to Dublin. So all you have to do now is build a station. Right. Now we're not building Colbert Station in Corberley. We're putting, like a Lewis track in Dublin, we're putting, I suspect, just two pieces of concrete on either side of the track and a vending machine for the tickets, right? So right. it's easy infrastructure uh, I, I, I
1: see what you mean. You're not, you're not dealing, as you say, it's not a Colbert it's Station Metro the North. there. I mean, yeah.
2: people, people compare this to the Metro North in Dublin, which is a totally different prospect. Right. I mean, there you're talking about planning, acquiring yes. land on, and everything else. Right. And I think... Importantly, Irish thing, really... Okay. But, but, but they,
1: different. okay. Um, I mean, for example, choices are already being made. I've seen an example of it myself recently driving towards the Grudy Roundabout down the Grudy Distributor Road. They have put in a cycle lane there because of the school project, the Educate Together school that's happening there. That causes issues at the Grudy Roundabout for cars. There's no question about it. Now, they've people have to wait longer at a busy roundabout anyway but a choice has been made and I think people understand that that it is about choosing governing is about choosing and I suppose the directly elected mayor's role would have a, a pivotal part to play in all of this it does feel as though John we're unlikely to see an election for a directly elected mayor very soon and when we do it won't be a real role it'll just be one where you know you'll have another spokesperson for a spokesperson Well, I
2: I mean, you know my views on this. I mean, I think that the decisions around transport, the decisions about the location of some of those train stations should all be handled locally in Limerick based on a knowledge of Limerick rather than somebody in a desk in Dublin deciding them, right? Um, And so I think there's an important role even still. I actually think the election is probably going to be the, the more fascinating part of the DEM process because what's clear is that two different visions of Limerick are emerging in the debate around the NDP. And Limerick will have to have a conversation yeah. to decide yeah but how you know I mean? but there's they no, do. But there is no point. The there is no point.
1: There is no point having an election for a directly elected mayor that is toothless. It is a complete waste of all of our time as citizens of Limerick to go to the polls to put someone into a role that doesn't have the powers that were promised. And it, it does look as though we could be heading in that direction.
2: Well, you know, I fully agree with you on that, right? I mean, we're, we campaigned on the basis of the promises that were made in the document that the government produced at the time of the plebiscite. And there, there were very significant powers going to the mayor from the CEO and the promise of potentially others. Now we've got kind of not even the powers of the existing CEO going across and none of the existing ones. And I suppose we have to believe Peter Burke at the moment when he says that he's still in negotiation and he believes he will deliver those. But if they don't get delivered, we need to make the points we've made very strongly and and insist on them, you know. Just as strongly as it sounds like we're insisting on the Northern Distributor Road, you know, we need to get the same politicians to actually align to to what you are just saying.
1: Okay, okay. It's going to be very interesting. We'll continue the debate on all of that. Thank you very much, John Moran, from Liverpool Limerick and other things limerick today
0: with joe nash on live 95
1: with harvey norman celebrating 18 years in ireland with their 18th birthday sale big birthday savings across their massive range of appliances technology furniture and bedding